Very good. That was awesome worship. Thank you, Suze and team. That was very, very good. Anybody excited in the house? Very good. <laughs> All right. The, the, the title of the message tonight is the Idols of the Heart, or Idols of the Heart, okay? Um, this is something God started speaking to me while I was reading this random passage. Um, it's, it's very interesting how God speaks to you uh, out of something that is very random, but he puts his finger on something that is significantly happening in your life or something that is significant uh, for you. Uh, for Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. I'll stand at an angle so I can see everybody. First <laughs> right. uh, Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. After the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it, to Ebenezer, uh, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashod, and then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashad rose, the early rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and his hands had been broken and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. All right, so that is one to four. And as I was reading this portion, God started talking to me because I'll just give you a little background about the story. This is, uh, this is a story about, about God engaging his people and uh, people not being careful of, of, about walking with what he has in store for them. And uh, so they, they decided that, okay, they were, not, they were not honest with God, they were not walking with God and... Uh, they just did not honor God in their, in, in their heart, in their giving, and in all possible ways. So, you know, when, when such a thing happens, it also opens doorways for the enemy to come and start attacking. As we see in the spiritual, so it's in the natural as well. And so, the people of Israel found that they, they were being attacked from every side. So the Philistines came and attacked the people of Israel. So when the people of Israel came, uh, when the people of Israel decided to go out for a battle against Palestinians, what they did is they decided, we'll take the Ark of the Covenant with us, because that is where the presence of God sits. And we will take it into battle. Maybe by the presence of God, we would be able to defeat them. Because they had heard the story of how God had gone before them and had fought battles for them. So they took the Ark of the Covenant into a battlefield and they went to fight. Unfortunately, they lost the battle. Not only did they lose the battle, but they lost the Ark of the Covenant as well. Alright? So this is the background. Now the people who conquered Philistines or the people who conquered the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines, their way of thinking is, here is a God who is mighty. If we can add that God to our system, we can add Him and make Him one more God that we can serve, then probably we will prosper. Now I started thinking, what is this thinking mentality? Why did they think like this? And I found, you know, I found it very interesting. Like, they would have heard, here is this God of Israel, 
who has gone before them and he has split the Red Sea. I would like to have a God like that. You know, here is this God who has gone before them and he provided for them for 40 years with food. They did not reap, they did not sow, they did not reap, they did not harvest, they did nothing. But every morning, food was at their doorstep. How many of you would like that? <laughs> and then they felt like we want to have some meat. God brings the meat home. You know, it, it is amazing what God provided for them. And they had heard about this God. And they just wanted to adopt this God as well into their life. And as, as I was meditating on this, God started saying to me, Sergeant, that's like you. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, that's how you and a lot of people in the church look at me. I said, really? Yes. You see, you come to these meetings, you go here, go there, and see healing take place. And therefore, you have a sickness in your body, you put up your hand, and you think that I'll, I'll get healed, and then I'll adopt this God. You, you hear from somebody's testimony about God had, how God had provided finances for them, and therefore you will put up your hand and say, I want that God because He's a God who can provide. He can be, he can be my Santa Claus. You know, and, and she started talking to me and saying, Sergeant, this is how sometimes you look at me. You look at what I'm doing in somebody else's life and you want that part in your life as well. And therefore you adopt me, you take me in into your life. But you don't realize that when I come, I take over. When I come, I take over. Not that I want to do it to, to inflict pain on you, but because my plans are higher than your plans. What I have in store for you is bigger than what you can think. That's why when I come into your life, I take over and I start doing things differently. And then just like the idols that fell down, just like Dagon fell down, the idols in your heart start falling down. He started talking to me that you have desires and plans in your heart and you want to make them to come to pass, but they will not happen because they are too small. And when you want to make those things happen, it happens that those plans are too small and I cannot be in agreement with them. Anybody with me tonight? And God started talking to me. He said, this is how it happens. I come from a nation where we have just over two million gods. Just over. So there is a God for everything. And my people will adopt one more God. His name would be Jesus. That's fine. They will adopt him. Because they think the same mentality. They think with the same mentality that it's okay to adopt another God. There are some of us sitting here who also think the same way. That we can take on this God and then he will just bless this portion but not want to touch that portion. God started talking to me and he said, when I come, I not only want to bless your body, I want to bless your soul and your spirit. I want to heal you in your body. I want to heal you in your soul. I want to set you free in your spirit. He said, I want to set you free in your finances. I want to set you free in your relationships. And that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. And God started talking to me. He said, I'm going to, when I come, I will touch every part of your life. Because I want to make you like a sharp arrow. I want to make you into a weapon that can be used to impact the kingdom of the enemy. I don't, I don't touch people's life because I want to give them giggles. But I touch their life because I want to take over the enemy. I want to take over what the enemy has taken over. Our God is an awesome God. He is a massive God. You know, he, he doesn't think small. 
And, and as I started thinking this, God, how does this look like? What does the idol look like? He said, I want to show you the idols. He said, he thought there was a man called Lot in the Bible. I said, yes, that's great. He said, Lot heard what I had spoken to his brother. I had spoken to Abraham and I said, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to make you into a great nation and anyone who blesses you will be blessed. And Lot liked the idea and he started going with him. I, I, you know, I said, God, but he was a righteous man. Yes, he was. He liked the whole idea, but Lot forgot that when I take over somebody's life, I take the entire life. I take entirety. I take everything in that person's life. And there was an idol in, in Lot's life. And, and it started showing up halfway through the journey. He, he had a deep desire to be financially rich. He had a deep desire in his heart to financially prosper. But he did not want to prosper my way. He wanted to prosper the world's way. There are many of us sitting here who think the same way. I am one of them. I, I started my career in, in, in accounting and I soon found that it was not easy. I, by that time I was born again and I found that I could not carry on the way I was, I was with, with, with my God. I would not touch accounts, people's books because I was afraid because, because God would speak to me and said, I don't want you to dress up people's books. I don't want you to do window dressing for their books. And you know what? I had to keep myself small in a small job because I could, not, I could not step out because I was living in a corrupt system. Our God is an awesome God because when He comes and takes over, He takes over our life. It, he doesn't do it half. He takes over completely. You know, He said, you know, Lord wanted, the Lord wanted to prosper. I could have prospered Him way more than He thought. All he had to do was turn around and say to Abraham, Abraham, you can have the whole lot. Let me just hang out with you. Let me just stay with you and I will be blessed. Because Lord started getting his blessings as soon as he went out with Abraham. Abraham had, had this special, special call of God on his life and God was prospering him. And anybody who was with him was getting prospered. Lord forgot that the prosperity that was coming on his life was an overflow from Abraham's life. And the idol of his life took over. And it brought a downfall in his life. You know, he started showing person after person in the Bible where idols started coming up. You know, many years ago, I, this is about eight years ago, I have consistently worked on the areas of my life. I'm, I'm very focused and I've worked on various areas of my life. And eight years ago, I thought I had arrived. So I said, God, what would you like me to work on? Because I had worked on everything possible. And he said to me, I would like you to work on your faith. I said, is that right? But I thought I was a man of faith. He said, no, you don't trust me enough with your finances. And honestly, I have not moved much in that area. I'm working hard that I would be able to trust him a little bit more than what I've trusted him eight years ago. Because there are idols in my heart, which is, which is in the name of security. I would like my future to be secure. I would like my family to be secure. There's lots of things. The other person that God brought up, in my, brought up for me was Moses. Moses knew the call of God on his life. Not once did he doubt. Not once did he doubt 
that God, was, God had called him to deliver the nation. He didn't have any doubt about it. He just knew that he was called to deliver the nation. But the problem was, he was going to do his way. He had a plan. He had a plan to deliver the nation. And he thought, I will start one person at a time. So he tried to set free one of, his, one of the Hebrew slaves from the hand of the army man. What did that bring up? That turned into a mess. And Moses had to run away. Because in his heart was this massive idol that he had. It was not a bad idea. Setting his own people free, was it a bad idea? No. It was God who put the desire there. But the problem was that he had thought that desire had to be fulfilled. Every effort had to be put in by him. He had to take the responsibility and he had to make sure that the people were delivered. Just tonight, we was, you know, just before coming over, we were speaking to, a, to, to somebody over Skype. And we were explaining, don't worry, it is God's job to deliver. It's God's job to set people free. And I've been there. I thought, I need to be the one who would get them saved. I need to be the one who would get them, get them delivered. And Moses was thinking the same thing. I need to get these people saved. I need to get these people saved. What happened? For 40 years, he had to live in rejection and, and on the backside of the desert. That had become a big idol. God was the one who gave him the plan. But it had taken over his life and it had become like an idol in his heart. Then, even in that place, he stayed humble before God. The Bible doesn't talk much about it. It does also does not talk about him complaining. I'm sure there were tough times for him. But he stayed simple. And God reached down and touched his life again. But, but, but I, 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 I stagger. I stagger. I can't, I, can't, I can't speak. God says, doesn't matter. I can still use you to take my people out of, of, of slavery. He used one man with his assistant Aaron. And they both became a, a massive team. With God, two is a big number. Honestly, with God, two is a big number. What does he say? If two or more shall gather together in my name, I am in their midst. If two of you shall agree upon anything on earth, it shall be done of my Father in heaven. Am I right? So for God, there, he just needed two people who would agree upon the fact. Now look at Aaron. Who is Aaron? Aaron is a slave. He's a slave. He has no, he doesn't have a future. He, everything in his life depends upon, upon his master, the Pharaoh. But when God spoke to him, he doesn't argue. He has not seen his brother for 40 years. He doesn't even know that he's alive. And God talks to him and says, come on Aaron, pick up your stick and go into the desert because my son is coming and you both are going to conquer this nation. Together, when God's plan started happening, together they went and overcame a whole nation. They brought the economy of that nation down. I tell you, the economy of that time was way bigger than what China is today. Or way bigger than America is, is today. It is way bigger than that. We were just this morning, we were listening to Pastor Mike. The temple that Solomon built was worth $2 billion dollars in those days. 
at least two billion. They had, they had riches. I tell you, they had riches. If Moses' method had succeeded, by the end of 40 years, he would have saved maybe 40 people or maybe 400 people. But when he walked out of Egypt, he walked out with 4 million plus. 4 million plus. Another, another person that God brought up for my, in, to my attention was Saul. Now God had a plan for Saul. God had an awesome plan for Saul. And he had said, I'm going to make you the king of this nation. And, and this is, these many servants you will have. This is the tax that you will take from the people. And everything. Saul, God had given him permission for everything. And he and David, they went out for a battle. When they went out together, and when they came back, the people came out and started rejoicing. They said, Saul killed a thousand, David killed ten thousand. And the Bible says, Saul became very jealous. So what was the idol in his heart? Time and again, there was one idol that came up in his heart. People, what will people think? For him, the opinion of the people mattered more than what God would say. Have we got that problem? How do I look? Do I look nice? Do I look smart? If I tell my friends that I go to church, how will, what will they think about me? They will think I'm a geek. If I tell my people at my workplace that I'm a Christian, they will not socialize with me anymore. It's the same idol. It's a self-image. Times have changed, but it's the same thing in our heart today. One thing that I've observed about idols in the heart is we try to reach them in our own strength. We don't trust God to enable us to reach that goal. And that is what is very important. Another person that God brought up in my mind was David. You know, David had lots of girlfriends, but he still wanted one more. So, you know, a lot of times we forget that God has a plan for our life and he has provided everything that is necessary. So David committed adultery there. He went and slept with his, 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 his you know, one of the persons who was in his army, his wife. So he slept with her. What was the consequence? He lost his kingdom. What was the idol? He wanted to be with that lady. He already had wives. He wanted that lady. You know, God has provided, God has a plan for your life and my life. Young people, I can tell you, I fasted for 40 days to get a good wife. Honestly, I fasted because I knew a good wife comes from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Riches and wealth comes from the Lord, but a good wife comes from the... Uh, riches and wealth come from your parents, but a good wife comes from the Lord. God has a plan for your life and my life. And David was, David was in shock. One mistake that he made 
because of one idol that was in his heart, brought him down. Another person that God brought to my attention was Abraham. God had promised Abraham everything. And he said, I will make you into a mighty nation. I'm going to bless you and I'm go- you are going to prosper. But Abraham was getting old. So he thought he will help God. He will just help him because the son, the desire to have that one son who will become the link into the next generation was so big in him that he started planning. And Ishmael was born. It had become so big in his life. It had become so big in his life that he lost patience. Have I been there? Yes. There have been lots of times when I have lost patience on the way. One of the things with people who lose patience is that they grumble. So when you are starting to grumble, look at why are you grumbling because there is probably you are starting to get impatient about something. You must be thinking, how does this practically apply to you and me? It's a very practical thing that God is talking tonight. How will you, how will you look at the things that are more important to you than actually pursuing the presence of God? Because I tell you, when you take God into your life, what will happen is the idols in our heart will start showing up because they will not be able to sustain there. The Bible says, how do I know it? It says in in, in Corinthians that your body is the temple of the living God. Alright? So if it happened like that then, will it happen now as well? Yes. A definite yes. So if the idols in our heart are already there. When God starts taking over, he has, His plan is bigger than your plan. His plan is bigger than my plan. He has a future for you. And what you plan is not going to take you where He has planned your future. Imagine, just, just, just imagine this. There's this guy called Noah, and God tells him, Noah, I'm going to send a rain. I'm going to send a rain, and it's going to rain so much that there's going to be a flood. Now, this guy has no idea what rain is, because it had not rained till then. If Noah, for a moment, had thought, okay, God has said, but I don't think I'm going to make an ark. I'll probably make a dinghy. I've obeyed God, and also, I've done what needs to be done. How many people would have survived that flood? We just need to connect with God and say, God, this is what I feel. This is the size of my dream. But what's the size of your dream for my life? Just tell me. Just tell me. You know, speak to me. Because God speaks to us in various ways. He can talk to us through His Word. He can talk to us through the messages that are being preached. He can talk to us through a prophetic word. He can tell us. You know, I thought in 1997, I thought I was insignificant. 
I didn't matter. And we had a preacher come there. And the guy got up on his stage and he said, there were about 700 people in a hall. And he said, there is one man named Sajan in this room. I would like to talk to you. I've never met you before. I've never spoken to you. I do not even know that you existed on this planet. But I've got something for you from God. He can find you. My town has 5.5 million people. That's probably the 12th or the 13th ranked town in the nation. 5.5 million people in 1997. Still God knew my existence. And he had a word for me. And you know what it was? You're going to leave this nation and going into another nation. Have I seen it fulfilled? Yes. I'm in the other nation now. God can pinpoint you and tell you your future. Connect with him. Connect with him. Alright? We're just coming to the end of the message. I just want you to think. If you have... I've got... I've got two, two questions. One, if you have never received this God into your life, but you would like to receive Him. You've been wondering, you know, this man is talking about this God, whose plans are very big. They are so huge that you cannot, I cannot even imagine. If you, if you would like to know this God more, put up your hand. If you really would like to know more about this God, Put up your hand because he would like to know you personally. The Bible says, those who love God are known by God. Those who love God are known by God. What that means is, he knows you by name. He knows you by name. He knows who you are and where you live. He knows what is your need. One of his names is Elroy. Elroy, which means the God who sees me in my circumstances, in my own situation. Thank you, honey. My daughter gave her heart to the Lord when she was that young. And as a four-year-old, she had a word for us from God. We were in Palmerston at that time. And we were just asking God, God, are we going to get stuck here or will we be moving to Hastings? In the middle of the night, she woke up and said, Dad, Mom, God says, pack up now because you're living for Hastings. She was less than four years old then. God honors little children. The second question is, have you, been, have you been struggling when God has been asking you to lay down your idols? Honestly, I have been. But I want to ask you, would you allow God to come and minister to you tonight? Would you just allow Him to come and speak to you and tell you that he loves you and he has a plan for you. He has a future for you. We'll get Suez to start worshipping. You know, leading us in worship. And we'll all get up. And we'll stand in the presence of God. And we'll allow that song to minister. And I'll give this call again. And if you feel that you'd like to be prayed with so that we can stand with you. So that you would be able to release that idol easily. And God would talk to you. I'd like you to come forward at that time. How beautiful this love. You lay down your crown. 
tonight. Speak to us tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to us tonight. Lord, we by choice, we open our hearts and our minds. We open the hearts, Lord, so that He can speak to us. We open our hearts to you so that He can speak to us. Lord, we have deep desires in our hearts. Lord, we have deep desires in our hearts. And they seem to take over. But tonight, tonight, Lord, tonight, Lord, we've heard that you are a God who is bigger, who is mightier than what we can think. you to encourage you. Think of at least one. Name the idol that you have in your heart. Name it. And then do a prophetic act of putting it at the cross. Alright? Think about what is, what is actually starting to dominate your heart. What is the idol in your heart? What is the idol in your heart that you want to give up so that God's plan in your life can come into existence? Just prophetically believe, step forward. When you are ready, just step forward and, do, and, and believe that you are laying it at the cross. Just step forward and believe that you are leaving it behind so that you are laying it at the cross. You are no longer trusting your effort, but you are trusting God. You are trusting God. 
to bring his plan into existence father tonight even as we have done a prophetic act of father god allowing you access into our life so that our idols about finances about marriage about relationship about buying a house and various other things lord we lay down at the cross tonight so that you can take over and your plan can succeed father god father god i pray that lord tonight you would speak to the people in dreams and visions lord you would speak to them tonight lord i release a prophetic anointing tonight so that lord you would prophetically speak to the people and lord you would speak to them in their dreams father god you would give them visions in the next one week lord somebody would walk up to them and speak into their life about how big you are lord thank you jesus hallelujah lord tonight i pray that lord they would see the god of abraham isaac and jacob who steps out who steps out and who creates who creates things out of nothingness thank you lord